Welcome to the WPC Sermon Podcast from Westminster Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. This week's sermon is from our guest pastor, Dr. William H. Ralston, titled The Travel Bag, Aspirin, Toothbrush, and Joy, and is part of our sermon series, Psalms for the Road. To find more information on our worship services and live stream, check out our website, westminstercharlotte.org. Now enjoy this week's message from Dr. Ralston. Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 100. I'm going to read it twice. The first as it's shown up on the screen in front of you, and then the second will be from the message. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. And now the same passage from the message. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is God, and God. He made us. We didn't make him. We are his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. For Christ's sake, amen. We have come this morning to worship the one true and living God, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the Old Testament, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the New Testament, and we've come on a wonderful Sunday. Here we are the second Sunday of June. We, we're not wearing our masks anymore. We can have the full sanctuary. We can worship together. We're mindful there are still some in hospitals that are suffering from the COVID virus, but in a sense, our, our world is opening up again, and it's a good thing, and we're glad about that. When Leslie invited me to preach this morning, she said we're going to be talking about psalms, psalms for the road, and I thought, well, what are we going to talk about? And then she sent me a list of the, the preaching schedule and who was already signed up, and, uh, you know, six, there were six psalms already taken. That left me 144 psalms to choose from. <laughs> you don't know me very well, but my family doesn't take me to Baskin-Robbins. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I had to narrow it down quickly. But one of my very favorite psalms is Psalm 100. I didn't memorize it in the Message or Revised Standard Version. My mama taught it to me, 
in the old King James. So I'm glad we're, we've got the whole spectrum covered today. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. What are you gonna take with you when you go on the road? Be sure to take joy. As I was thinking about this morning, I did look into my little shaving kit to see what it is I take when we go on a trip. And I, I found my razor, my second razor, and some shaving cream. You know, the clean cut look is always in. And I found my, my, my toothbrush and some toothpaste and some mouthwash. You know, oral hygiene is important. Uh, I found the comb and some shampoo. You know, it's, it's important to be well-groomed, but I want to encourage you, when you go on any trip or when you just travel through life, take God's good gift of joy. There are 150 Psalms. 73 of them are written by David. 12 are written by a man named Asaph and his children. Two are written by Solomon. One is written by Moses. The other 60 or so are written by other peoples. We, we simply say the psalmist. But in a sense, all of the Bible is God speaking to us. And in a sense, the psalms are people speaking to God. They were written by human beings to, to, to tell God how they were feeling, what they were thinking. Sometimes they're thanksgiving, sometimes they're joyful, sometimes God, please save me. Sometimes it's confession and contrition. The Psalms cover the full range of human emotions. The word Psalm comes from a Hebrew word that means string, as in stringed instruments, the harp and the lute and the lyre, L-Y-R-E. The Psalms were songs as well as Jewish po poetry, and they were meant to be sung. When you're looking through the Psalms, sometimes there's a notation at the beginning of the Psalm, and there's several of them, and one notation that is often there is a song of <coughs> ascents. What does that mean? Well, the Jewish people were asked to come to Jerusalem three times a year, Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And they would walk. And they could walk about 20 miles a day. That was a long journey. So three, three days, that was 60 miles. But they would sing as they were walking together. They would sing as families. And especially when they came near to Jerusalem, which is on a hill, Mount Zion, and the temple is there, and that's where the sacrifices were offered. They're climbing this hill, they're ascending, and there were some songs that were especially appropriate when the Jewish people were climbing the hill to the top of Mount Zion to offer their, 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 their offerings and their blessings. That's why, so those notes are interesting. 
Choices are important. My choice to, to bring Psalm 100, that was a good choice. That was an important choice. Some choices are more important than others. Some choices determine the direction of our lives. Some choices determine the qualities and the characteristics that become a part of us. Some choices determine our values and our character. Choices are important. Three things I want to say this morning about Psalm 100, and you've already heard me say it's a psalm of joy. First of all, joy is God's gift to each of us. As followers of Jesus Christ, we've been given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit works in our lives to build and develop these gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Now that's not the, the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts are something else. I'll let Owen talk to you about gifts one day, but these are the fruits of the Spirit, the, the qualities that God's Holy Spirit is building in us. Think about an apple tree. In a previous life, I took courses at Central Piedmont in horticulture. It's kind of an interesting time in my life. It was sort of an interlude. And I'd come back from the Army, and the Army had retired me. I, I said, uh, you're making a big mistake. I'm getting, just getting good at this job. <laughs> and uh, they said, Chappie, they liked you. They called you Chappie. I, I said, Chappie, with your reserve work and active duty, you've been here 32 years. You've got to go. So they retired me, and the church, the Presbyterian Church, was sort of in disarray. So I was having some knee problems anyway, so I started taking courses at Central Piedmont. Everything I'd ever done was neck up. I wanted to work with my hands. And they said, take horticulture. You'll be digging in the soil. You'll learn how plants grow. So I took the horticulture. Some people crammed three years into two. I crammed two years into three and a half. <laughs> but, you know, I learned about the plants, and of course, there's the apple tree. And you know it's an apple tree because the fruit of that tree is an apple. And if you open up an apple, if you cut it open, if you slice it and dice it, you'll find seeds. And if you plant the seeds and the soil is right and the moisture is right and the sunshine's right and everything, you can grow apple trees. Now, apple trees don't grow naturally here in the Piedmont. They grow in higher altitudes or where it's, it's colder. So a, a, a plant that is alive and healthy and mature will produce fruit. And sometimes we learned in horticulture class that it's the old sleep, creep, and leap. You plant some seeds and for a long while they do nothing, they're sleeping. And then for a couple of years they grow very slowly, that's, that's creeping. And then one spring you come out and they've blossomed, they're huge, and that's the leap. And I sort of think of that about the Holy Spirit in our lives. You can't measure the, the gifts of the Spirit from one day to the next. But over a lifetime, over the decades, 
you can look back and see what God has taught you and how the Holy Spirit of God has developed these fruits of the Spirit in your life. That's why some of these lovely people in their upper ages, they're so godly. They've been walking with the Lord so long and the, the Lord, the Spirit has been working in their lives for such a long time. So joy is a gift. Trying to think about joy, and I, I, I thought, you know, you, they tell you in, in, when you learn to write, uh, conflict. And I was thinking, where is someone who doesn't have joy? And I thought of the story Winnie the Pooh. Do you remember Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh is this children's book, and, and Pooh Bear, and, he's, and then there's the, 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 the crow or the owl and his wisdom. But there's this character named Eeyore. Eeyore is a donkey, and Eeyore has never had a good day in his life. If Eeyore won the lottery, he'd be upset about the taxes he'd have to pay. <laughs> Eeyore would always say, woe is me. And his head was always down, and his tail was between, the leg, uh, between his legs. Eeyore never opened God's <clears throat> gift that God wants us to have the gift of joy. So that's the first thing, joy is a gift. The second thing is that we can allow joy to be stolen from us. I'm leaning on a, a Methodist pastor named Rob Renfro now. He, he's, uh, he's left his church in the woodlands in, near Houston, Texas, but he's, he's an outstanding pastor. And he wrote a book entitled, The Joy Stealers. What things steal the joy that God wants us to have? And he had a long list. I've only bought, brought three things this morning that can steal our joy if we let these things happen. The first one is worry. Worry can steal our joy. Now, I'm not talking about being concerned, being, uh, being smart and savvy. I'm not talking about um, not making, uh, making plans. Some people are just worriers, that they have a double portion of the worry gene. My mama was like that. And believe me, she had more of a positive influence in my life than any other human being, and when I get to heaven, I'm gonna look her up first. But mama, when, when my sister and I would have some harebrained idea, and say, we're gonna, we're gonna get in the car from Atlanta, Georgia and drive down to Miami Beach and stay for a week. Mom would just say, oh, now I've got something else to worry about. That was her default. Mama was five feet, one inch tall and weighed 103 pounds. Do you know how small that is? She wasn't emaciated. She could eat more than any person in this room. She had a great appetite. She just worried it all. <laughs> it's interesting that Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount connected worry and faith. I wouldn't have connected that, but he did. And in Matthew chapter six, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, why do you worry? 
Look at the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin, but they are more, more beautiful than Solomon in all of his splendor. If God, if God treats the grass of the field that's here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow that way, how much more will he be with you? Why do you worry, ye of little faith? And I had to think about that a minute. Why did Jesus connect worry and faith? And I think what he was saying was this. Life can be overwhelming, but our God is bigger than life. Life can be overwhelming, but our God is bigger than life. Don't let worry steal your joy. The second thing that can steal joy is negativity, just being negative. You've known people, I've known people, really, if they won the lottery, they'd be upset about the taxes. Some people are just, it's a kind of a default switch. They, they kind of default toward the negative. Brought a story this morning about a man that was driving on a country road late at night, dark, no other vehicles on the road, no, no buildings, no farmhouses. He has a flat tire. Pulls off the road. Yep, it's a flat tire. He opens up his trunk. He gets out the spare tire. It has air in it. He says, this is looking good. And then he finds the lug wrench so that he can take the, the bolts off the tire. But he can't find the jack. So what is he going to do? No cell service. He starts walking down this lonely, dark country road looking for some farmhouse that he might knock on the door. <clears throat> Finally turns a bend, sees a farmhouse, and there's, a, there's one light on. It's the porch light of that farmhouse. So this fellow is just, well, I'm going to go up and knock on that door. So he's walking toward the farmhouse, and he says, you know, that old farmer, he, he's, there's no other lights, so he's probably not going to want to get out of bed to talk with me. Walked a little further and says, you know, I'm thinking to myself, if, if he did get out of a door, he, out of his bed, came to the door, he, he might not open the door. He doesn't know who I am. Walk a little further. Well, if he does come to the door and open the door, he may not, he may not have a jacket, okay? Walk a little further. Well, even if he does have a jack, he may not know where it is. Walk a little further. Well, even if he knows there's a jack in his car, he may not want to loan it to me. He doesn't know me. Walk a little further. Knocks on the door. Hears some rustling behind the door. Just a minute, I'll be there. Farmer comes to the door and he's got his bib jeans on and, you know, one strap over and one strap hanging down by his waist. They said, can I help you? And the fellow said, oh, keep your old jack. <laughs> negativity. Don't let negativity steal the joy. <clears throat> and then there's a story about Alfredo and Freddie. This is a true, all my stories are true, by the way. You know that, don't you? <laughs> But this one really is. There was a minister who was in an internship and he was, it was a prison ministry and he was in this prison for uh, 
six months working with the prisoners. He soon met a man named Alfredo. Alfredo had the most infectious, the largest, most joyful grin you've ever seen in your life. He was six feet, four inches tall. He weighed 275 pounds. He was what the guys would say buff. He was sculptured, not an ounce of fat on him, all muscle. And he had the most joy of anyone you've ever met. He was in that prison for taking someone's life. But he went to chapel one day and he had a life-changing experience meeting Jesus Christ. And it really did transform his life. And he spent the rest of the time bringing joy to everyone he could, inviting other uh, inmates to come to chapel with him. And several of those people made commitments to Jesus Christ. And then there was Freddie. Freddie was a Christian. Freddie was in prison for taking someone's life. He believed all the right things. He understood God had, had, had uh, Jesus had died on the cross for his sins. He understood if we confess our sins, he, he God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Freddie spent all of his time in his cell, on, a, on his bunk, day or night, just a dim light, never went out to be with other people. He just couldn't forgive himself. Some people are like that. They know all the right answers and they have allegiance to Jesus Christ but they're just not able to forgive themselves. Don't let guilt steal your joy. When God says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Well, joy is a gift, we've said that. Don't, you know, there are, there are joy stealers in the world. Don't let them steal your joy. You know, we've come today and in a lot of ways we're a lot alike. But in many ways, we're different. Each of us has a different genetic code. We have different parents, most of us. We um, different backgrounds, different life experiences, different education, different ways of looking at things. I've just mentioned three things that can steal your joy. But I would guess, if I were to bet, I never bet, by the way, but if I were to bet, many of us have something not mentioned yet in this sermon that you let steal your joy. You know what it is. You'll notice it next week if you don't know what it is. All I'm saying <coughs> is don't let anything steal your joy. Finally, joy is a choice talked about choices earlier in the sermon. Truth is, you can choose joy or you can choose something less. Now, this happens to be one of my favorite times of the year, and I'm, I'm pretty easy to please. I like summer and I like winter. But the summertime, you know, there's the Memorial Weekend, and, and for all the right reasons and, and the 
uh, for those who gave the last full measure of devotion that we can worship, worship freely. And there's Memorial Weekend, but there's also festivity and family and grilling out, and there's that too. And then there's the 4th of July, right in the middle of the summer. Our nation's birthday. Our nation founded on liberty. Imperfect as we are as a nation and have been, liberty, the Declaration of Independence, that's central to who we are as a people. And then there's Labor Day. And somewhere in the past, we realized that, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, some people work with their minds and they go to offices, but there are a lot of people that work with their hands in factories or farms or ranches or doing this or doing that or fixing cars. And we need to honor them, so that's why we have Labor Day. And so I think of these three as the beginning, middle, and end of the summer. And I think about family, and I think about grilling out. Do some of you grill out? Do you like to grill out? And I think about grilling out hamburgers and hot dogs and chicken and sometimes a steak. There's one thing I don't like about the holidays. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask why. It's the common housefly. <laughs> Have you sat down with your, at the picnic with your, your hamburger and just about the time you're ready to dig it, here's, here's, a, here's a housefly swarming around, swarming around, trying to land on your hamburger. Gosh, I don't like those guys. The reason I tell you this is because how I feel about houseflies made me remember something I read three decades ago, written by a minister, and I was reading it, and this is what the minister wrote. He said, God will let you eat all the flies you want to eat. Nothing could be more disgusting. God will let you eat all the flies that you want to eat. But when you're ready for something better, God is ready to give it to you. And that's what I think about the joy stealers. God will let us wallow in worry and anxiety or negativity or guilt or this or that, or maybe it's a sin or maybe it's an addiction or something else. But when we're ready for something better, God is ready to give it to us. It's difficult to change habits, I know that. What I've found in my life is if you're, if you're trying to get rid of a, a bad habit, you, you, you need to replace it with a positive habit, you know? And sometimes it's scripture verses that I, that I tell myself, you know, I'm a minister and I, you know, tell myself scripture verses and that changes things in a positive way. There's something I, it's not a Bible verse, I, but I tell it to myself a lot. It should be in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs talks a lot about the mind. And it's this, and I use this in my personal life. Change your thoughts and you'll change your world. Now that's not a cure-all for everything. But for some of these things that I've mentioned that steal the joy, change your thoughts and you'll change your world.
We are <clears throat> made in the image of God. That's what the scriptures tell us. We're made in the image of God. And then sin entered in, and the image of God in you and me is, is marred and misshapen and twisted and ill-formed, but it's not destroyed. And God gives us choices. The sovereign God chooses to step back and let us make choices. Choose joy. Whenever you have the chance, choose joy. There's a poem I brought, it goes like this. To every man there openeth a way and ways and a way. And the high soul climbs the highway and the low soul gropes below. But in between, on the misty flats, the rest drift to and fro. But to every man there openeth a highway, and the way his soul shall go. That's a great poem for salvation. But it's also a good poem for choices. This coming week, something's going to try to steal your joy. You can, you can choose that or you can choose joy. Choose wisely. Let us pray. Heavenly Father and gracious God, we thank you for these precious moments together, these precious people gathered in these, in these pews today. And we are thankful that we can gather as a congregation and be together and not be wearing masks. Be with each one of us. Bless us and keep us. Help us to choose wisely and to remember that joy is your good gift that you want every one of your children to have. In the Savior's name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from guest pastor Dr. Ralston. If you'd like to find out more about our church or view a video of the full service, visit our website, westminstercharlotte.org. We look forward to seeing you soon.